Welcome back to the What The Fork Sunland Review Show. Sunland did the exact opposite of last weekend and played really quite well, actually, but somehow managed to come up short when it comes to putting that round thing um, that they play with into the back of the net. Um, but nonetheless, as certain as Sunland are to frustrate and let you down, we're always as certain to make a review show about it, even if it's a nil-nil draw, which does make me question why I'm doing it, but nonetheless. Um, joining me first and foremost today is the ever-faithful Dave, who's just... Gagging for a nil-nil, bit of chat about a nil-nil draw, mate. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, very well, mate. Yeah, the result suggests anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You had the Rona last week. Are you out of the Rona? I am, mate. Yeah, I was a little bit rough on the Thursday, but other than that, absolutely fine, to be honest. So, yeah, onwards and upwards. That's twice it's had me that I know about. Twice it's had you. You make it sound like some kind of like demonic witch, um, which it is. Um, nonetheless, uh, What's your drink of choice tonight, Dave? Have you got a drink of choice? I haven't, mate. I haven't had anything, actually. So, uh, yeah, I'll have to uh, catch up eventually. Strange you should ask that, because I have. My drink of choice is a Schweppes lemonade with uh, diet lemonade, for the record. And it is mixed with some um, passion fruit dead man's fingers. Not too bad, actually. Um Nonetheless, moving on, I'm sure people don't want to hear about my choice of drink. It's not sponsored by Dead Man's Fingers, sadly. Um, I have to film the gap somewhere. It was nil nil, guys. Just play it with me, all right? Um, on the flip side, we have made a loan sign-in. We're basically summoned in January in the form of Michael Bowers from SAFC Fan TV. Bowers, last time you were on, we lost one now. This time you came on, we drew nil nil. so baby steps. So, well, we haven't scored in two appearances I've been on, so um, I don't think this is boarding very well for me. Although I didn't know I was coming on until after the, after the game finished, so I'll take that. It's not my fault. That is true. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking baby steps. You've got 1-0 defeat. You've, next, you might even get a 1-1 draw. Right, get me on after the playoff final when we've hopefully won it, and then it's, uh, it's next baby steps to a win, I suppose. I don't think I'll be alive if we win a playoff final, if I've got to be honest. As they attested to before... Obviously, it was a really frustrating day. No seriousness at the, at the office. It was frustrating. It was um, like Carl Winchester there. Uh, much like Charlton a few weeks back. Sunderland absolutely dominated. Um, missed a hat full of chances. And, and unlike last week's sort of doubleheader against Fleetwood and, and crew, we weren't able to find that sort of late crucial goal, Dave. Um, the game leaves us sixth. The playoff position's not a million miles away, but it's far from certain, especially with the teams below us. What, what's your overriding feeling in the aftermath of the game? We're about four hours after the end of the game. Yeah, it's it's just, it's hard not to get flat when you talk about Sunland at the minute, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. Listen, you've got to take the positives out of it, haven't you? He showed up the defence. We'll give him that. So we look a lot more solid. We all know how much Bowers loves it when we're we keep a clean sheet. So we'll get that in there. I'll wait until my turn for that. You continue. <laughs> Um, I personally couldn't care less if we keep a clean sheet as long as we score at least one more than the opposition. They are nice. It, it is nice to think that in these tight games, how it's tight against eating in the league, I'm not quite sure. But Michael Appleton does normally get one over on us, to be fair. So I guess we put that hoodoo to rest a little bit. Um, yeah, it's just annoying. I mean, there was chances there today, wasn't there? We haven't took them. You know, the defence and the goalkeeper, midfield, they've all done their bit. 
but yeah, a lot of a lot of endeavour, but not quite as much quality. And I guess that probably sums up League One in general, really, doesn't it? It's weird. We kind of like we've had this sort of period where start of the season we were absolutely clinical. Like we, our XG, not that I've ever give a shit about XG, and I don't, I'm still not sure I understand it, but nonetheless, let's pretend I do because I'm on a podcast now, so I've got to know about my XG. Um, yeah, that was good, basically, was the point I was trying to make. And then the middle bit of the season was like we were kind of as clinical, but weaker at the back. Now we're like in the business end of the season, we can't seem to hit a bondo with a banjo, I think that's a phrase. and yeah, we're quite tight at the back. It's it's a bit of an odd one, but but Bowers, obviously, you are you were at the game today, and, and I think there's always a different feeling compared yeah. to like the people like myself and maybe Dave who haven't been at the game today, and and the people who are actually in the way. And so, as opposed to asking you about your opinion on the game, which I'm, I'm sure you'll well, you're more than welcome to give, should I say? But um, what was the feeling in the away end after the game? Well, a lot the players were clapped off because well, to a degree, they were clapped off because we applauded that we could see that the players tried to win the game. I pointed out after on my channel a few weeks ago after the Charlton game that the difference between the draw like that and the draw like this, as opposed to the draw at Wimbledon or the draw against Burton, is that you could see the players gave everything to try and win the game and just it just wouldn't fall for them. Um, so, yeah, the, the atmosphere was pretty good. Um, uh, it helped by, probably helped by the fact it was a nice sunny day out, which I'm a sucker for good weather, mm-hmm. which we don't normally get in Britain, so I'm going to milk it and take it wherever I can. As far as the game was concerned, I mean, Dave, as Dave knows, I do value clean sheets quite highly. I think confidence gets built from the back. Personally, I couldn't give a shit if we score one more goal in the opposition because my heart can't take it when we can see two or three goals because I hate it. Um, but it's all about the balance. It's all about balancing, having a good defence and good attack at the same time. And in this game, the best way I could describe Son's performance, with, and as stupid as it sounds, without putting the ball in the back of the net, it was a balanced performance. I thought defensively we were out... I wouldn't well, say outstanding. Lincoln didn't really test us that much, but you could attest that too. We didn't let them test us that much. The midfield, I thought, dominated a large part of the game. Um, and then we just couldn't <laughs> couldn't fit a barn door up front, as you said. Jack Clark had three good three chances I can remember, twice in the first half, once in the second. Evans, for all, I'll tell you what right now, because I've criticized, I know you, I know Graham, you're not a particular big Evans fan, and I'm not either, but no. <laughs> today, by Evan's standards, he had an all right game. Um, he was okay. He actually had a good effort. In, well, say good. It was it was an effort at least. That's more we usually get from Evan. <laughs> um, uh, Defoe obviously had an effort which agonizingly just went wide of the post. Jack Clark hit the post, which was a bit annoying. And then Ross Stewart had a great header, I think it was in stoppage time, that their keeper somehow managed to keep out. Yes, it's annoying. And I know, like Dave said, it's obviously, oh, yay, it's a tight battle against 18th in the league. For the record, and this is my own opinion, I think both times we played Lincoln in the league, I think they've been awful. I think we've just, we were we were worse at the game up here. Today, Lincoln didn't really do all that much. I mean, the BBC match report, I'm just looking at it here, said we had they had eight efforts, two of them on target. I don't remember Lincoln having eight shots, unless you could say a number of them were way wide of the post, which didn't really count as a proper shot. So, um, I thought we dictated large parts of the game. I mean, the, the frustration is that we seem to have one way or the other, don't we? We can either score lots but concede a shit ton or we can keep a clean sheet and then can't break the other team down. Um, or we either play crap, win, or we play well, don't win. Um, it is it is one of those. For me, I take pride in the fact I think we've kept, what is it, four clean sheets in the last five and the one goal we did concede was a daft mistake. Um, there's only really, I think I looked at Alex Neal's uh, games that he's had since he's been here. There's only two games we failed we fail to score in. 
which was Charlton and Lincoln, arguably two of the best performances, which mm-hmm. is weird. So it's about, I think today was a balanced performance just without the clinical finishing touch, even though that's probably not going to make any sense, but I'm going with it because it sounds half smart. No, it makes sense. I mean, it's like you bang one in like we did last week and all of a sudden you go, well, that's better. That's exactly what we wanted last week with the late goal, but the performance as well. And I think it's just because of the time of the season it is, you kind of like, I'm a bit like Alex Neal in the sense that he said it doesn't really matter. just want to win games. I, I think I'm a bit like that. I think it frustrates me a bit. But um, I asked you last week, Dave, um, <clears throat> pardon me, if you felt performances mattered in comparison to points. Um, so on the basis of today's display being the opposite of last week, I'm going to ask the same again. Performances are points. Yeah, I think I said last week it was all about, at this stage of the season, it's all about points. You know, yeah, okay, first six, 12 games of a season, you can you can kind of try and base what you're going to do on a performance and look at how you, what type of direction you're going to go in. Um, I mean, I suppose we've we've had on the on the scheme of things, we've had a an all right, probably an above average away performance today, bar the fact that we haven't scored a goal. Um, so in that respect, okay, that's a positive. But at this stage of the season, I mean, with Chef Wed and now I think a point behind, I think with and a game in hand, yeah. So. Yeah, it's not pretty, is it? Um, it's going to be a slog. It's going to be absolutely disgusting trying to get that playoff place. But um, yeah, we just got to keep believing. I mean, at the end of the day, the point becomes a decent point if we win our next couple of games and get a, a good run going together instead of stop, start, stop, start. But that's been the story of our lives in League One, hasn't it? We we kind of. Look at it, we think, right, we're just getting up ahead of steam. And then all of a sudden, we come back down with a four or five game period. It's never just a one or two game period, is it? I think it's funny, I think, like, because obviously there might be people listening going, well, that's a daft question to ask, points of performance, because there's only one answer. Like, And I know what you mean, but you're kind of thinking, I suppose, if today's performance and that kind of almost perfect result, if we'd scored and put that performance in, everything would have been fine and rosy, and you would have gone, well, that's what we've been waiting for. Um, you've got to kind of hope that the frustration of not winning today's game sets us off on some sort of nice run that we can take into the playoffs. But I think, and maybe I'm jumping the gun here, Bowers, but I feel like we've talked a while now, like six, seven weeks of whatever it's been since Alex Neal's came in, that we need to start putting together a run of form. However, we seem to either play turgid and sneak a win, play well, forget how to score, um, or just be a bit, if you go back to like the, the Wimbledon game, maybe in the MK Dons game, just a bit, Bland. I've got to be honest, I've got a lot of time for Alex Neal. I like everything he said, and I'm not in any way, shape, or the one questioning him at this point. Far from it. Um, it's, it's just not within my nature to do that at this point. But at what point do we start stop discussing? At what point do we stop discussing this? Or we need to make a run of form going into the playoffs and start actually doing it? Because at the minute, would it be fair to say something's just not quite clicking for something with Sunderland and Alex Neal at the minute? To a degree. Um, you obviously, we've had the last two away games we failed to score, so you can't not um, take that into consideration. Um, it's a funny one, really, because coming out of the ground, um, I did see that Chef Wed drew away at Gillingham, which 
for all that everyone likes to do. And this is something that actually quite annoys me in the fan base, where we like to go, everybody else is going to win every single game because they're not Sunderland. Um, well, okay, Chef Wed drew at Gillingham. Um, you know, and I would argue Lincoln's better than Gillingham, even though I don't particularly rate Lincoln, they are better than Gillingham. So I'm not saying, by the way, that, that today was a good result because it's not, because we should be winning. But I mean, you're right, we've got to start actually doing it. I'm someone who likes to try, I, I, I try to call myself balanced. Dave might call me deluded, disillusionally optimistic, I don't know. But um, I like to try and be, I like to call myself quite considerate and not try to jump the gun every time there's a negative result. But obviously, at this stage of the season, you do need to get wins. You need to get points on the board. Um, I think to sort of discuss your question about points of a performance, obviously it's points. But I suppose the argument is, if you keep playing poorly, eventually you won't win games because that will catch up with you at some point. Um, so, but but you know, it's it, it's an, it's an imbalanced thing, isn't it? By the time the, the, the worst case scenario is by the time because we don't play next week. So the time by the time we play Gillingham, it could be Sheffield do play, and I think they play Cheltenham at home next week. So that's a game that, on paper, if you're a Sheffield fan, you should be winning that. So we could be two points outside the playoffs. Now, for me, that's not insurmountable. You can overturn that and finish in the playoffs. Um, I'll put I'll put a bit of um, put, um, bit of a positivity here in some senses. What gives me a bit of hope? And by the way, I am not saying Sunderland finishing in the playoffs is acceptable. If we finished in them and won them, yes, good enough. But you know, the fact we were in a top two race two months ago and now it's gone down from an automatic race to a playoff race is disgusting, to be honest. But the way I look at it is, Plymouth have got a horrendous running um, towards the end of the season where they've got to play. I think it's I think it's Oxford, Ipswich. Uh, Wigan, MK, Don, Sunderland, Wickham. Um, it's it's, but on the flip side, it, it might get the best out of their players if they if they finish in the playoffs. That then fair play to them. I can't. They absolutely deserve it. Um, I think Chef Wed have got to play Wickham. I think they've got to play MK Dons. Possibly Portsmouth. I'm going to say. Uh, I'm not in hundred percent sure on that one, but obviously the catch side of that is we've got to play Oxford and Plymouth away, and we've got to play Rotherham at home. So it's. It balances itself out in fixtures terms, but at this stage of the season, yeah, you, 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 there's no point talking about we've got to do the run. And I hope that Alex, Alex Neal, I do believe, knows that. I do believe he knows that it's all talk is cheap at this point. You've got to do the talking on the pitch. You've got to do the talking when you've got to show that you want to finish in the playoffs. And for me, we've got the squad and the manager to do it. So there's seven huge. I mean, put it this way: coming out with the table at the minute. Yes, come next Saturday, we might very well not be in the playoffs. Right now, it could have been worse. It could have been a lot better. Don't get me wrong, but it also could have been a hell of a lot worse. We'll have to wait and see how. We'll have to wait and see how valuable that point could be. I didn't actually realise how bad Plymouth's run-in was. Um, I've got it just in front of me here. They've got Cheltenham at home on Tuesday. Fair enough. That's that's fair enough. That's their game in hand. Um, but then they've got yeah. Ipswich away. Oxford at home, Burton away, fair enough. But their last four games of the season are Wickham away. We know that's not a nice place to go. Us at home. Then they've got Wigan away and then they've got MK Dons at home, um, which is not particularly nice. But we'll touch on Chef Wed there a little bit. Um, I believe Chef Wed's game in hand is Fleetwood away, and that, but that doesn't come until like the second last game of the season or third last well, game. Well, the, their season. game in hand, sorry to interrupt, their game in hand is effectively next week, isn't it? Because we don't play. Um, oh, because yeah. when 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 Fleet when Chef Wed go to Fleetwood, I think it's the last week we host Rotherham. Then don't we? So, That's right. Um, then their game in hand is pretty much next week, isn't it? Um, and as I said, it's against Cheltenham at home, so it's it's one of those. Where, I mean, Cheltenham are a funny team though because they can spring up a result against any one of the so-called top sides of this division. I mean, Akron got a point there where we didn't expect it, and they've got nothing to play for, so you never know. But 
I'd be very surprised if Sheffield didn't win that game, I suppose. I think this league's a funny one, isn't it? Dave, you touched on it last week and said that this league's shit. <laughs> anyone can beat anyone. It is. It's and I think we need to remember it, don't we? It's a crap league and, and some anyone can beat anyone pretty much. It's not like the Premier League. But um on a, a big positive from today, a huge positive actually. Um I'll come to you first, Dave, and then same to you, Barry, same question. But Patrick Roberts probably looked like the kind of player we thought we were buying today, or the player that we hoped that he'd develop into. Um Full of spark, creativity, put a lot of stuff basically on a plate for his team. It's probably the best I've seen him play, following on from the best cameo I've seen from him last week when he got his goal. Um, Patrick Roberts, Dave, how important do you think he's going to be towards the end of the season if he keeps up that level of performance? Yeah, definitely. It's you know, he, he seems to be he seems to be that guy that has got something a little bit different to a lot of other people in the league, you know, even the creative players. He's I was watching French rugby earlier. Don't care that they won. Not bothered. It's rugby. Who cares about it? I just wanted to say, je ne sais quoi. <laughs> enough it is, French, well, you got mate. your excuse, didn't you? Ah, c'est la vie. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> so, Patrick Roberts, who's on loan to a French team, and toi, um, Dave, carry on. <laughs> Just remind me what the French for Baba Boom was again. Uh, um, vroom vroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is. Oh, hey, listen, everyone, this is a bit of entertainment because nil nil's not very entertaining. Let's be honest. I should have started the podcast. <laughs> what is it, Jepel Graham Falk? Jim Appel Glasgow. Just record a bit afterwards and say Jim Appel Graham Falk and then put that on the start of the pod. And no one else. Books. Well, I've just ruined it for you, like. But you know, before then, no one knew that. Fucking killed it now. So, Dave, do you, do you like Patrick Roberts, mate? <laughs> yeah, to be fair, he's not bad. I mean, he's not French, but he's all right. Anyway, Patrick Roberts, yeah, he's not bad. He's all right. It's all right. Nice lad. <laughs> uh, nice lad. Um, Bowers, you were obviously at the game today, as I tested you before. Patrick Roberts did look really good today, Bowers. Um, I'll open the end. When he did that kind of five juggly up thingies against Fleetwood, I wanted to tear his head off because I hate that, um, especially when you misplace the pass. But he was really good against Crew, um, and I said, you know, if he can keep that up, he's going to be massive, especially with Pritchard mission, mission, missing for the next couple of games potentially. Um, but how good was he today? Because obviously when you're in the ground, there's a bit of a difference between watching something on the telly and a play that actually gets you off your feet. And it felt yeah. like Patrick Roberts was... The player that we signed to get off our feet, and he did. He did that today. It seems. Well, I was off my feet anyway because I was standing throughout the whole game in the away <laughs> end, so it didn't really matter. Uh, yeah, I mean, with well, first of all, on um, on Pritchard, I'll quickly say that. I mean, you probably saw Alex Neil. I think said yesterday that Pritchard could be back in training as um, was it as early as next week, and obviously he's going to have to get match sharpness again. But the fact that he's possibly back in training next week is a lot sooner than I thought he would be. So that's actually quite promising. Hopefully, as long as he doesn't niggle, get any more niggling injuries. As far as Patrick Roberts is concerned, yes, I think he was my man of the match. I think he was, and I, th- I don't think there was anyone, even Corey Evans, <clears throat> surprised to say that myself. Um, not even even I don't think anyone had a bad game, but I think Patrick Roberts was the pick of the bunch. Constantly, time after time after time, he had the Lincoln's left back on toast. He could not deal with him. He didn't know whether he was going to try and dribble past him, cut inside to cross, or whatever it was. He was he was quite unpredictable in a lot of ways of what he was going to do. And the burst of pace he had to get past the opposition fullback was really impromising and encouraging. Um, he's the type, and I'll say this now. I think his con is his contract till the end of the season. Is that right? 
Yeah, well, it is. Okay, so yeah. for me, just give him a new deal. Um, because I think, I don't know how hard it's going to be for us to try and give him a new deal if we don't go up. But I think for me, the fact, I think that where we could have an advantage with Patrick Roberts is the fact that we could offer him a home because he hasn't had that, let's be honest. He hasn't had that for probably since Celtic when he's been there for at least one season, maybe two, one and a half seasons on the bounce. I think he did so, two, I think. I think he did two on loan, I think. Possibly. Like, yeah. yeah, but he's, he's been all over the place, hasn't he? He's been like Middlesbrough, been at Derby, been at Norwich, been at Troyes, as you like to call them. Troyes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've used it now. He's he's been he's been all over the place on loan. So the prospect of us giving him a permanent home might be what he wants at this stage of his career when he's been moving around so much and so frequently um, with so little time in between moves. Uh, yeah, Patrick, Patrick Roberts, I really like the look of him. Um, I think you don't you don't. I mean, he's let's be honest, he's been above this level for most of his career so far, even with all the loans he's had. He apparently did all right at Derby last season, um, yeah. and I think and he's been in the Premier League. He's, I know he didn't make play many games, but I think. Premier League clubs, when Norwich were in the Premier League, they saw something in him. When Middlesbrough were in the Championship, they saw something in him. Derby did as well. I think I don't think he would have ever expected to find himself down in League One. And I think if you give Patrick Roberts, say, a two-year contract in the summer with an option of a further year or something, which I think is quite realistic for us to offer if we're in League One especially, then I would, I, I would do whatever we could to try and keep hold of Patrick Roberts. And I like the look of him. And to be fair, if you now, this is obviously the big if we don't know this yet. But if you do finish in the playoffs, Patrick Roberts is someone I would be looking to have in that match to, in that starting eleven straight away. I think Patrick Roberts, and especially even I know you might want to touch on Jack Clark later or not, but if you don't, then I'll do it for you. Jack Clark and Patrick Roberts in the playoffs are two players I would hate to have playing against us. So um, I, I think so. I think that's the crucial step finishing the playoffs, and I think the squad we've got, especially if Pritchard comes back from injury, especially if you've got Broadhead coming back. And you've got Stewart up there to fall, get a bit more match fitness. To Roberts and Clark will be more match sharp. God, I'm trying to talk us into a delusional sense to, of optimism. To be fair, though, it's like when you mention players like that, and you look at the strength that we have, sometimes it's quite easy to to flip. <coughs> pardon me, quite easy to flip back into that idea that oh, Bushite and all the players are rubbish, and because of the consistent failure, but especially across yeah. the front, that kind of front three. I mean, for, for me, the big one for Patrick Roberts, and it was a big if, and it probably still is an if for me, because I want to see more of today. Yeah, he has to keep this up. We'll make that clear, yeah. But for me, and I feel very blasphemous saying this, because I love him, but Aidan McGeady is probably, based on the injuries he's got, going to play a very small part, if any part at all. And we need a replacement yeah. for the likes of Aidan McGeady. And if Patrick Roberts genuinely doesn't, as you said before, want to have a home somewhere, which I'm sure he does, he's 25, he's, he's about to hit his prime, he's a perfect replacement for him. Perfect. I, I completely agree. I mean, I, I'm someone who really likes Aidan McGeady. I like the standards that he tries to keep up around the club. But um, right. you've got, we, we've got to face the facts. He's, what, 36, probably coming on 37 at this point, or 35, 36. Either way, he's... In a very old man in terms of in football terms, yeah. so I think for, to replace um, to replace um, in McGeady, I think obviously he's not an easy thing to do um, in a lot of ways in terms of technical ability. But I think Patrick Roberts obviously is a much younger in McGeady version, but he's also got more pace than McGeady had for us. I mean, I know McGeady probably had that earlier in his career, but certainly yeah. at Sunderland, he's on the latter stages of it. Um, and obviously, as a winger, especially winger is probably the way the, the position you rely most on your pace to get you through games. And one thing I'm surprised that isn't getting more attention, if I'm honest, apart from the Sunderland fan base, is the way Ross Stewart's been kind of manhandled the past few weeks. Um, I'll come to you with this one, Dave, because obviously for obvious reasons, but 
he's getting ragged about off defenders. There's a few times a day when you could say at high level, like that might have been called for a penalty because of pulling his shirt. I mean, there was times last week when some of it was clumsy, but he's getting clocked in the face, he's getting his shirt pulled, he's getting ragged all over because it's like the only way they can handle him. How frustrating is that going to be, not just for us, but how frustrating is that going to become for him? You'll uh, you'll know better than most. He's Scottish, so he's got that mentality. I think he probably secretly loves it, to be honest. He, I get the fit. He doesn't look. He looks gangly, doesn't he? We've alluded mm-hmm. to it before, but I, I think he is quite a strong fella, to be fair. And I think he quite enjoys that physical aspect of the game. I mean, I, I'm sure he'd prefer it was a little bit fairer. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure. Being you're not going to get that ground, from League One refs, are you? No. <laughs> exactly that. To be honest, hey, we had a. Was it the Liverpool? I think I mentioned it last week. Actually, the Liverpool game. They had VAR, and I'm sure VAR got three decisions wrong, and they've had the benefit of 44 replays. So we got no <laughs> chance with League One refs. Let's be honest. Um, yeah, uh, this is the bit where I've got the confidence in Alex Neil because okay, he's came in, he's found a problem with the back, and he's done something about it, and it seems to be working. His next problem is, right, people are finding out ways of defending against us and how do we now score goals? Do we have to drop Stuart deeper, get people in behind him? You know, Clark's had a few chances today. So almost the the plan has potentially worked if he's decided to get Clark into them dangerous areas and stuff like that. He just hasn't finished the ball, unfortunately, which in another week he could have had a brace. Um, so yeah, I, I, the problem is these are the problems that you want in the first ten games of the season, aren't they? Yeah. You've then got thirty-six games to put it right and get a consistent way of playing football. Where find, unfortunately, as per usual, chasing the, our tails. The Alex Neil thing quite interesting. Like I think, especially with Johnson, right? Johnson was admittedly fifty-fifty. I very rarely met people who were like, "I think he's all right." I met people who were like, hate him. That was me talking to myself in the mirror. Um, and people who really actually quite liked him and felt quite positive about him and, and enjoyed the way that he spoke and he's kind of um, deep. It was one extreme or the other, wasn't it? It was, yeah. The people like really loved him or they didn't. And obviously Jack Ross, I think, was a bit more mighty, especially towards the 1-1 phase of like March, April time when... The automatic promotion started coming off its wheels and stuff like that. But for the first time in a while, I feel like everyone, I'm sure there'll be people that disagree with me, but I think a good bulk from what you can see online and at matches and from having conversations with your friends and your family seem to be quite on board with Alex Neal being the man to take us forward, kind of no matter what. And I know people felt the same way with Johnson last season, but there was murmurs towards the end of last season after Lincoln game that people were going, something's not right with Johnson. With Alex Neal, despite the fact that the performances have been poor when we've won, we've played well and not managed to score. And there's all those red warning signs that you would normally be like, oh, crap. It feels like the marriage of maybe Alex Neal and Sunderland in time might not be the season. Which might In the early stages, might be quite good. It mirrors the fan base quite well. I feel like people have some kind of trust in Alex Neal where they want him to take us forward. Even if we don't go up next season, it's just a question of if he wants to. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you look at it this way, I mean, did Alex Neal expect to find himself down in League One? 
No, and I think it's probably because of the size of the club. And this this is where I disagree with people who say the size of clubs don't matter because they do. They absolutely okay. do. If size of the if size of the club doesn't matter, we would not have Alex Neal as our manager. I'm telling you, we would not be having the likes of Patrick Robertson, Jack Clark in League One. We would not have Alex Pritchard in League One. Size of the club does matter, and I think that in that regard, if I, I, I'm trying not to give up on this season yet because the thought of a fifth season in League One makes me sick. But if we have to, if we have to be down here a fifth season, then if you're having players like Patrick Roberts, I mean, Jack Clark probably won't be here next season because he's on loan. But if we're not getting promoted, Patrick Roberts, I could see being here if we really want to give him a deal and he wants yeah, to have a home. I, I think, I think so. that plays into our favour. Um, sure. Alex Pritchard, I would like to think, I think Alex Pritchard could still be here. It just depends on how, I mean, you never know, maybe maybe if, if we don't go up, we want him to be injured for most of the going into the summer, so no one wants to take him. Um, <laughs> and then we could actually have him here next year to be a conspiracy theorist. The flip side of that is Dan Neal goes, Ross Stewart goes. Um, but regardless, Alex Neal, I think his straight-talking nature is, is what a lot of people like about him. Um, I'm on the other side of the fence to you with Lee Johnson. I did quite like him. But as you guys, as you know, I pride on clean sheets and we conceded far too many goals under Johnson for my liking. It was far too open. Um, Alex Neal, I think, is trying to get a good balance, as I go back to what I was saying before, to make sure that we're solid at the back. But at the same time, it's not like today we was we were solid at the back, but we did we didn't not create chances, if that makes sense. We period. still have the chances to win. So it was a it's, of it's time. one of those where Alex Neal can go on, go on. It was a period of time when the some allies when we all remember it gloriously, but there was a period of time where we were shit. And I mean, really shit. And he came in in the October time and we're getting beat like 5-2, 6-2 of Everton and it was bollocks. And he banged on and banged on and banged on by keeping clean sheets and you're thinking, right, okay, fair enough. And I, had, I think we had like a nil-nil draw against Bournemouth or something at home and everyone's going, bloody hell, this is not improving. Eventually, it came to dividends. As, as soon as he sorted that back line out and we weren't conceding, you could let the flair players go. In. And obviously, during the week, I had Tom from the Times, big Lincoln fan on the preview show. And he was asking me why he felt like would held back Patrick Roberts and so on and so forth. And I'd said, like, don't know. And then I tried to explain it and then realising that maybe Alex Neal was just trying to show the backup so he can unleash these players up top. Yeah. Um I don't know, which goes but, to show why, which goes to show why keeping it tight at the back is important. And I, and I think ultimately, you know, I, I know, like Dave said, I, I wouldn't mind winning every game five four. I'm kind of in the same agreement, but I think Alex Neal's probably he's made a solid defensively. You can say what you like about it. He's got Dennis Serkin, Carl Winchester, and Bailey Wright keeping clean sheets as a back three, which surprises me myself because I think <laughs> I don't think Winchester's a centre half, and I don't think Serkin's at. I don't, I don't rate Sirkin that highly, truth be told. I certainly don't rate him as a, a left-sided centre-back, but he's keeping clean sheets, which is great. But um, time, almost up. Um, so I can ask a sad question or I can ask a good question. I'm going to ask a, a good question rather than the sad one. I've got a good question that I wanted to ask here, but it's ultimately going to leave on a really sour note. So I'll come to you first, Dave. Um, I've got three minutes or so to go because I still haven't paid for Zoom premium. Um Subscribe then, so I can so I can upgrade to Zoom Premium. Um, yeah, it wouldn't really make a difference. It's fine if you don't. Um, sorry, Dave, you're not getting your twenty pence then. Sorry, Paul. But I think it's a question I haven't asked for a few weeks. But I think the closer we get to the end of the season, Dave, I have to ask the question: What does today's result mean in the context of Sunderland season? 
today's result probably it isn't a day's result, is it? One thing Michael said for seasons now is it's all about the silly slip-ups during the course of the season, the stupid games at home against whoever. There's, there's too many to pick from, you know, getting beat off ball and 6-0 away from home. Oh, there's any Lincoln, there's an example. Yeah, exactly. Mm. There's just numerous occasions. So today's result in the grand scheme of things Listen, it's here. I hate to see it. I absolutely hate to see it. Whether we get into the playoffs or not, I think it's another season in League One. Yes, it are. If I'm honest, I hate to depress listeners, but I think that. I mean, the question I was originally going to ask, so I'll ask it anyway. I'll leave you the final word, Michael. Um, really annoyingly, I'm seeing Wigan win again today. Not because I hate Wigan, just it's just annoying because ultimately I'm looking at also Luton going third in the championship. There's always one club that manages to get it together in one season at League One level, when we just can't do it. We muck it up by hook or by crook. You've got two minutes to sum it up, which is not enough time, Bowers. But why do we keep not getting it right and why are we scrambling for the playoffs at this point? I'll refer back to something that Dave referred back to what I've said before, if that makes sense, which is <laughs> which is the stupid results. Well, this season alone draws away at Fleetwood when you 2-0 up draws away at Accrington and Shrewsbury when they're down to 10 men. Losing at home to Lincoln, not beating Lincoln. Like I said, I don't particularly rate Lincoln that highly. That's not me mm. trying, trying to be disrespectful, but I just thought Lincoln was shite when they yeah. beat us up here. I just thought we were, sh- I just thought we were I shiter. Agree. Um, I agree. I, today, I thought they were really poor. I think they, they played for a point all game, which, to be fair to them, it worked. They got it. So, um, But it's those two games in particular um, losing at home to Doncaster, losing away at Cheltenham from a winning position, drawing away at Wimbledon. It's it's nothing. It, you could even afford the 5-1 at Rotherham and the 3-0 at Chef Wed or 4-0 at Portsmouth if you don't drop points in the silly games against sides down the bottom. Those are the results that are, that keep you in here. For me, look, put it this way. if we if, uh, We've got four home games left out of seven. We could still finish in the playoffs. I still think we've got the squad and the manager to do it, but no one our look, it might be a fifth season in League One. But if Alex Neal's here and the players that we've got that are deemed championship quality are still here for the most part, there's every hope next year could finally be our year after 10 years. Oh God, it's always the hope that kills us. And with that, I'll, I'll leave I'll leave it. I'll leave it with the hope killing us. Um, thanks for tuning in as always. Not easy to do a nil-nil draw, but Dave, thanks very much. Michael, thanks very much. No worries. Pleasure. Cheers.